0: One, two, three...
1: Welcome to Three Song Stories, the show that generates biography with the help of music and the powerful way it connects us to times and places and stories from our lives. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Jeff Cole. Jeff is co-founder and managing partner of Florida Media Group, LLC, publishers of Florida Weekly. He currently serves as Florida Weekly's executive editor and is responsible for all content and management for nine newspapers with a combined circulation of more than 90,000. He earned his bachelor's degree from. From the U.S. Naval Academy. He flew the Navy's carrier-based S-3 Viking and retired as a commander. Jeff began his journalism career in 2000 as a reporter at the news press and pursued public service journalism as an investigative reporter. He has won a number of state and national journalism awards and has led Florida Weekly to be named Best Weekly Newspaper in Florida six times. Hey there, Jeff. How are you? I'm good, Michael. How are you? I am doing very well, and you don't have to call me Michael because you're not my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, You know, I've crossed paths with you briefly over the years, but it's it's nice to be able to sit down and actually talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So where did you grow up, and how would you characterize the musical scene of your childhood?
0: Well, I grew up in the uh, 60s in uh, upstate New York. Um, You know... the music didn't really get into my life until uh probably I started high school. You know we were a family of we were in sports that's okay that's you why were a we sports did. family, yeah, what was your sport well all of them oh yeah, really I mean we just we played by the season, so um, what were you best at? I wasn't really good at any, <laughs> not really good, <laughs> I mean, I did okay I, um, I was a track athlete, uh, a pole vaulter. Oh wow! And uh, and played football. Think you could pole vault now? You know, I don't think so. <laughs> I but I do have a son who was a state champion. Oh, that's so, awesome!
1: Yeah. Um. So there really wasn't music being played around the house that you can no, remember. No,
0: mm-hmm. it, never actually. Um, was there like uh, radio? I mean, what you know was well there... when I when I was a freshman in high school, I I, I got together with us some of the guys in the local neighborhood and um we discovered motown okay and we were far from motown but uh we just got so into the temptations and
1: temptations uh, you say
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know that's uh, jared's jam J- oh that's yeah his jam. <laughs> I, I saw
1: the temptations live uh last month yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I was um, a big temptations guy
0: and uh uh, bill robinson and and uh, the four tops and were you bringing Smokey. that home um yeah at that point, and were your parents just okay with that? I mean well, were... I lived on the third floor with my brother, so they didn 't know what we were and nor did they hear it but hmm. uh we uh my buddies and i we just got so into that type of music that we actually tried to call um Smokey Robinson in Detroit. Huh. And uh, we got a Detroit phone book. And of course, William Robinson, I don't know how many William Robinsons, but we called every one of them. Really? We never got them. Huh. Did did anybody hang a move? How were people responding to you? Were you just like, are you the guy from? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because I think a lot of us were, were into that type of music. And in at that time uh, we lived in Wheeling, West Virginia, which was just south of you know that Ohio sound. And um in high school we would see local Ohio bands that were number one on the charts at, you know, high school dances and stuff. You uh you were a maroon knight. <clears throat> I was. <laughs> How did you know that?
1: I Google things. Okay, (laughs) I just I looked at your Facebook page and it said where you went to high school, so I I Googled your high school and then I needed to know the mascot. So you were a pole vaulter,
0: maroon knight, exactly.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So no musical instruments
0: then, I guess. If you guys, I I did play the guitar. Oh, really? Um, Like an acoustic? Yeah. Uh, For several years, and then you know, everything else got in the way at that point, and. we i we would jam with some of my friends um but then you know school and sports and everything kind of got in the way and oddly enough um my wife bought me a uh beautiful Martin guitar for christmas <laughs> just like recently yes this last christmas are you playing no it's um it's 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 tucked away right now. Okay. Well, do you think if
1: you pick it up, you're going to be able to remember back to what you were playing? I think so. What were you playing back then?
0: What kind of music? Oh, gosh. Mostly that mid Ohio or that Eastern Ohio sound. Huh. Yeah. All those bands. I can't think of the name of them. Um, But there were so many. That whole area. I mean, that was where rock and roll really was born Hmm. Uh, Cleveland, Akron, Youngstown. That area, um, brothers and sisters. Yes, uh,
1: two brothers and a sister. And did they, they didn't do any musical instruments, or did they?
0: No, I don't think any of them did. Hmm. Yeah, we were not a musically inclined family. My parents never listened to stereo or the radio or anything like that. Do you remember the first music you owned? Gosh, no. I don't <laughs> – it, it had – it It was probably The Temptations. Yeah. The first album I ever bought was The Temptations.
1: What's the most recent uh, music that you've purchased? Recent – I've just
0: bought oh, – I just bought another uh, – I just bought Asia from uh, Steely Dam. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how – did you buy it on CD? No, I, I – uh,
1: stream. When, um, when was the last time you bought something that had a physical form? Oh, gosh.
0: It's been ages. Yeah? Um, ages, because I'm strictly a YouTube and, and uh, iTunes. Do you guys listen to music at work? No. No? Mm-mm. Is it banned or it's just not done? No, it's uh, my, uh, my business partner listens to jazz all the time. Um, I, you know, I'm just in and out of the office, you know, so much, you know, in other people's offices or around. So I just don't, uh, don't put it on very often. What do you listen to in the car? Um, Oddly enough, I um, stream YouTube music videos. Okay. Because uh, at night, that's the late night I'm on the YouTube just listening to videos, and um, texting my buddies with, uh, you know, have you heard this? And and, finding
1: old versions
0: and live versions and all that stuff. Yeah, and the nice thing about it is we all kind of – we all have kind of common taste, but we all drift in different directions. So uh, my buddy Mike, he'll send me some really cool – Oh, what did he send me the other night? Gary Davis Jr. I'd never heard of him before, and he was just awesome. And then some other friends will send me something from their side, and I'll send them something that I find. It's really fun.
1: You know, it's amazing because I was listening to something on public radio the other day, and they were talking about how until we could record music, music itself was an inherently collective experience. I mean, maybe you're sitting by yourself and playing, but otherwise you are with people consuming music and then as soon as you can record things it became portable it became something but now it's come around because of the internet that it's it's become this in, inherently
0: collective thing again like yeah, what you're describing you exactly know? Hmm. and it's uh it really is great fun i mean i probably do it most nights hmm. Yeah, for and I'll do it for hours. <laughs> too much? Eh, not, not too much. You could be spending your
1: time in much worse ways. Yes, exactly. um Okay, let's get to your first song.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, it's, the,
0: it's the Blood, Sweat, and Tears song. Yeah. So what's the story? Well, the first album, um, it was um, – it, it just – when I first heard it, it was like I've never heard anything like this before. The, the horns and – it was just in the arrangement, and I love the lyrics. Um, so that's been my, you know, go-to song ever since I first heard it in nineteen. I was a freshman in college. Do you remember uh, how you first heard it, or do you remember I, kind of the scene <clears throat> at the time? Well, um, in college, everybody had. And unbelievable... This was this was uh, you went to the Navy College, right? Naval Academy. Naval Academy. Yeah, and. At the Midshipman store, they had all this tremendous uh, uh, acoustic uh, audio stuff, and you could get it very inexpensively. So we all had, you know, clip speakers and Pioneer amps and turntables, and everybody had these enormous sound systems. And uh, so that's where I first heard it. I bought the album down at the Midshipman store and uh, put it on and and then well the entire album is unbelievable from first to twelfth
1: songs but it got your attention right away Uh, right away you went to Naval Academy does that mean you had to like be recommended by a congressperson or something like that yeah yeah
0: yeah (laughs) was that your track all along I mean we'll get into this a little bit more later but no no not really Um, I think uh, the principal at my high school when I was, a, uh, I started late, the application process suggested that I might like it, and I, I looked into it, and it, yeah, it looked like something good.
1: And it introduced you to Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Exactly. Okay, well, let's listen to this. This sure. is uh, Jeff Cole's first song on this episode of Three Song Stories. It's Morning Glory by Blood, Sweat, and Tears from the 1968 album Child is Father to the Man. ¶¶ that's awesome. Isn't that's it? got so much going uh, on. I, I don't think I'd really. I guess I don't know blood, sweat, and tears very well because I would have never guessed that was them.
0: Well, it actually, the blood, sweat, and tears that you're familiar with probably came later. Gotcha. This was the only album they did with Al Cooper. He did, wrote, and arranged pretty much everything on that album, and then they had a falling out and oh that they, explains it. They picked up David Clayton Thomas and changed their sound and and it's it was completely different. What were those <clears> words <throat> meaning to you back then? Well, you know, and I think part of it was uh you know, I was away from home um at the time and uh uh it's it was kind of like a a loneliness and I interpreted his lyrics to mean, you know, he was he lit his purest candle and he was trying to in, bring someone in a friend and uh he got rejection and but he didn't stop. He lit that candle again and waited again. So uh I and it really spoke to me. And plus the uh, the horns and the that old Leslie organ—it's just what a combination.
1: Oh yeah, well in his voice, it's got that, that sort of folky, you know, feel to it. Mm-hmm. But mixed in with the organs and the horns and everything, mm-hmm. it was just a combination that I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like. Yeah. yeah. Um, were you? Are you able to go back into like where you were physically when you were
0: listening to that back I'll, then? Like sure.
1: describe like where that would have been. I mean, you guys were in barracks or dorms no, uh, or
0: yeah we. Were we were in dorms, there were three of us in the dorm um, that actually um, my three, my two roommates and I were one of the few groups that s- spent all four years together. Hmm. You know, was uh, kind of unusual. But uh, I, w- I remember uh, sitting at my desk, um, probably should have been studying, but I wasn't. And uh, I just closed my eyes and put my feet up on the desk and you know, I just got engulfed. Were they both cool with that music, too? Oh, sure. Was
1: there anything else you remember from that time that you guys were listening to?
0: Oh, gosh. Ugh. Yeah, everything. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, well, it was
1: 1968, 69, something like well, that. Well, it was, was it? 70.
0: 70, okay. And um, so, you know, 70, 71, 72 was Grateful Dead, uh, Steely Dan, Zeppelin, The Who, um You know, everybody and anybody, even the Beatles were, well, they hadn't recorded then, I don't think. But um, maybe one of their later albums was in that time frame. Did you play any sports there? No, I didn't. There are sports there, though, right? Oh, yeah. There's at least a football team. I know that. Well, yeah, they have all the intercollegiate sports. I mean, I did play uh, a little bit of football, but. You know, I woke up in a in the hospital one time, and that was that was the end of that. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, what were you um, on track toward while you were being a
0: cadet at the Naval Academy? Well, or what did you
1: think you were on on track toward?
0: Well, graduating. <laughs> that was number one. We actually um, when when you're a freshman there, uh, we call them plebes. They called us plebes, and uh, we had to know every meal, the menu for every meal for the next three meals. So if an upperclassman asked you, what's for dinner They could call
1: you out and say, what's for breakfast tomorrow morning,
0: and if you didn't know it, you were in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, you had to know exactly how many days it was until the uh, seniors graduated every day. Kind of like being a fraternity pledge. Exactly. It's... (laughs) Pretty much the same thing. Only this lasts a whole year. Wow. So, um, but, um, yeah, so, you know, we pretty much knew exactly how many days we had until we graduated. And it started at, I don't know, 1,200 1,300 and counted down. And then you went
1: on to fly uh, the S-3 Viking. Yeah. Which is taking off and
0: landing on an aircraft carrier. Correct. That sounds... Exciting! It, it really was, um, and that's what I wanted to do uh, right from the beginning—was fly. So uh, when I graduated, I went to flight school. Um, you know, got my wings and went to a S three squadron. I had—I was lucky uh, because when I when you're um, a senior, uh, you go on a cruise between your junior and senior year. You um, go out to the fleet, and I was lucky enough to. Uh, Get in in an F four squadron at the time, so I got to sit in the back seat and fly with them a few times, Hmm. which was, you know, really something else. Especially the first catapult shot you take, and uh, you know, you go from zero to 155 miles an hour in, you know, less than a football field, probably a third of a football field, and uh, it puts you back in the seat and you can't move. (laughs) How long did you fly? Uh, 20, 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, when, um, I was on active duty for six years, and then I got out and I stayed in the reserves. So I continued to fly out of Jacksonville. So if you
1: got out of college and were on active duty in the early 70s, that was right at the end of Vietnam then?
0: I, I, I missed Vietnam. Yeah. Um But a lot of the guys that I knew and, you know, the more senior guys, they'd all, you know, flown in Vietnam. Hmm.
1: Uh, Do you fly today? I mean, is that still kind of like – I mean, would that apply if you wanted to go out and get your pilot's license? Would it be relatively
0: straightforward? I have all those licenses. You do? Okay. And uh, I I used to fly quite a bit. But um, in the last few years, probably the last 10 years, I haven't – just have lost interest. Um, so how did journalism come around? Well, oddly enough, um, I was in the commercial construction business here in town and probably 14, 15 years and uh, you know, I, I was bored with it and I didn't know what I wanted it to do. It wasn't bringing you joy. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I thought, well, you know, I'd like to be a writer, but – yeah, I was an engineer in college, so, you know, writing was, a, was way down the list on my abilities. Um, so I thought, well, how am I going to do this? Well, let me try the, the newspaper. Maybe I can get a job there or something. So I went to the news press, and I got a job as the night sports agate guy. I, you know, that little small type and the, with yeah, all the scores. Who got how
1: many hits and
0: yeah, what yeah. Fort Myers High School golfers Ex- made. Yep. And <laughs> exactly. And uh, so I did that for a while, and, um, and then I just kind of moved up. And I went to a weekly after that. Then I went to the Cape Coral Bureau, and then I went to the main office. And, you know, I, I found that it was uh, something I was really good at. And I loved it. I couldn't wait to get go to work. Hmm. Um and uh and did pretty well. You ever get to cover the arts? Any music stuff? No. No, I was uh I was an investigative reporter, so oh. I was doing all the nasty stuff.
1: All the freedom of
0: freedom of information exactly. requests and you know oh, yeah.
1: trying to get to the information they don't want you to have. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so how did Florida Weekly then come about? You're co-founder of Florida Weekly, which yeah. is now all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, was, that must have been um, a
0: big leap. Well, um, it was to an extent. Um, my business partner and I, we were at the same weekly newspaper that the news press owned. And we were there late one night putting the paper together. And, and I looked at him and I said, you know, we can do this. And uh, that was probably around 2001, 2002. And then, you know, I left to go to the main paper, and he was the same way. But he was uh, he was in sales, and I was in, you know, content. And we just kind of diverged. We saw each other quite a bit. And then towards the end of 2006, he came to me. He says, you still want to do this? And I said, yeah, let's do it. So um, – we um we put it together and and brought in another partner who had some skills that neither one of us had uh in the creative design and uh so in early 2007 we just took the plunge and and we didn't we didn't have a back door so we couldn't leave <laughs> so we had to make a success out of it so it started in Fort Myers yeah And now it's in eight different markets? Well, we're in nine total. Um, Naples, Bonita Springs, Key West, Palm Beach, um, Charlotte County, Ave Maria, Welland Park, uh, Babcock Ranch. I think that's all of them.
1: Can you explain how your model has grown Mm. in the midst of newspapers shrinking? Well –
0: there are there are certain things that we never do uh and certain things that we always do the things we never do we never we never do obits we never do bring me down news we always try to bring um uh, good solid we believe in good solid journalism and we haven't cut that back at all and uh, so as long as i'm there we won't um Right now, I mean, we've always got a crop of terrific writers. I mean, uh, I pound for pound, uh, we can go against anybody in the state. Um, we've we've won the best uh, weekly newspaper in Florida the last six times we've entered, so we don't enter it every year. Give other people a chance. Well, you know, I don't (laughs) want my people to get big heads. (laughs) Right.
1: Uh, Who's your favorite employee who wears sport coats and sneakers?
0: Well, that would – I think – well, Jim Dickerson doesn't wear sneakers. But he'll wear a sport coat and look pretty good in it. Um, We don't wear sport coats around. What about Eric Raditz? Oh. (laughs) Oh, God, yes. (laughs) Uh,
1: he wears suits.
0: He wears suits with sneakers.
1: I bring that up because he was our fir- he was the first person who we re- I interviewed for okay. this podcast, and my my in the intro I said he's most likely to be seen wearing sport coats and sneakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, because I, I always think of him as a suit and sneakers. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that's, true. Yeah. that's true. That's true. That's um, true. So um, okay, let's move along from Florida Weekly. Um, do you and your wife's
0: musical tastes align? I would say probably not. She um, says to me, you're not going to play that stuff loud tonight, are you? (laughs) Your YouTube stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And I said, "Uh, we'll see. Can you put the headphones on? Mm. I like these. Yeah, aren't these nice? Yes. Yes, you need to get yourself a pair. These Sony Studio speakers are where it's at. Oh, man, that is for sure. Uh, Earbuds,
1: What, where do they align? Is there a Venn diagram at which you guys uh, have like a,
0: a shared music? Yeah, I probably not only because I, <laughs> I see the um, the Apple bills and the stuff that she buys is more, more modern, more contemporary. More contemporary. You're yeah. you're you're back in the
1: seventies, and there. she's checking out new music. Yep. Hmm. I'm totally back in the 70s. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's get to your second song. Sure. This is the Steely Dan song.
0: Ah, yes. Okay, so what's the story? Well, uh, Ricky, Don't Lose That Number, Uh, Skunk Baxter was the guitar player for – the studio guitar player for uh, Steely Dan for all those years. And he's just got such a sound. I mean, the guy can play. And um, he – I – I saw, oh, probably six months ago, I saw a video of Skunk Baxter and, and another group that did this song. And, uh, this is just my song. Always has been. <laughs> but, um, you know, Donald Fagan and Walter Becker are two of my all-time favorites. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, um, they're both uh, graduates of Bard College, and my nephew is now enrolled at Bard College. Hmm. So I'm hoping some of that'll rub off on him. Do you remember when you first got into Steely Dan?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um it's so it's one of those bands that's like
0: it's 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 its own thing. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh early seventies. Um Can't buy a Thrill, I think was the first album I had. Um I mean I can visualize the album cover because I probably wore it out. <laughs> um and I, and they were perfectionists i mean they they would be in the studio for weeks to do one, record one song and um and i like that about them and uh everything there's very little i don't like about steely dan and they're all over the place too i mean they uh their songs are here and here and here and here and they're they're everywhere and I really like that. Why'd you pick this particular song? Well, I had to pick one Steely Dan song, and for some reason, this one always sticks in my mind. And I I don't know the reason. I think it's the melody um, <clears throat> that I really like. Um, I can't think of any particular time or reason that I would listen to that. It was. Probably because I had listened to so much Steely Dan, this was my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's listen to it. Um, okay. This is the
1: second time we've had Steely Dan on the show. Okay. The first time was FGC president Dr. Mike Martin driving cross-country in his convertible Mustang with his dog listening to Kid Charlemagne. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. This is uh, Ricky Don't Lose That Number by Steely Dan from their 1974 album Pretzel Logic.
0: Ricky Don't Lose That Number
1: Cool song, huh? Nice in these headphones, right? Yeah, really nice. <laughs> oh, man. Did you ever get to see them
0: live? N- I never did. No? No. Uh, are they your favorite band? You know, I, Grateful Dead, Them, yeah, probably.
1: I'm wondering how much overlap there is between Deadheads and Steely Dan fans. That seems like kind know. of two different vibes
0: to me. Totally, yeah. Um I don't know. Steely Dan, everything they do just sounds so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, were you thinking back to any memories when you were listening to that or were you just – Yeah, what I, was, were you?
0: I was trying to, but nothing specific to that song, but to Steely Dan, yeah. It was all that time I spent listening to Steely Dan, you know, when I should have been studying or something else. Huh. I
1: uh, I have a friend who, was, who studied music theory, and he used to – go out in the woods because he has a property, and he used to drive me around for hours playing Steely Damned, <laughs> and explaining about how the perfectness of it and all this and the stuff they're doing that other bands aren't yeah. doing. But you can hear it even if you don't know what that means. Yeah. You can hear it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, – you know, <clears throat> experts in wine will, you know, regale me with all these uh, – I. I don't know. I just like it. He just like it. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, I had at one point a Donald Fagan solo album called like Comicariat or something like okay. that. Did you ever come across that? No. Huh. It was no, really I, good. I mean I, it had that same flavor.
0: Yeah. I have seen uh, a bunch of his videos uh, by himself. And of course uh, Fagan and Michael McDonald and um, Boz Skaggs did that uh, – what were they called? Something you know, – Nights in September. Or hmm, I didn't something. even know about that. Oh, yeah. They're really good together. And they do all the, you know, Michael McDonald's hits and Boz Skaggs. Boz Skaggs is a great addition to those two guys. Hmm. Uh, is uh,
1: Steely Dan on your regular rotation? Oh, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. You have like a Steely Dan playlist, or do you just
0: like let YouTube feed it up to you? No, no. Um, no, I select them all, you know, and I, you know, say, oh, no, I want to hear that one.
1: So. Do you ever listen to radio stations from the FM and towers
0: to listen to music in the car anymore? No, never. Never? Well, I listen to NPR. That's the only thing I listen to in the car that's not coming off my phone. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we're still got listeners because
0: there's very few – I don't know who's listening
1: to the radio stations anymore. We, yeah. we asked that question and a lot of people are like, no, nah, I haven't listened to an FM station forever. No, I mean you don't have control – where I have control. The one thing that's nice about it, though, and that's why I like being on Saturday mornings now, is there's a simultaneity to it. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to that song, whoever else is out there is listening to that song with you. You may not think about it that way, but that happens, and that's not what's going on with digital,
0: obviously. No. Yeah, that's very true.
1: Um, Have you been to many concerts?
0: Yeah, quite a few. Um, As a matter of fact, you know, of course, I didn't go to any during the pandemic until... um, Carlos Santana was here a month or two ago, so I saw him, and then um, I, I saw Santana and Clapton within five days. Wow. Yeah, Clapton would have to be totally up there with me, too. <laughs> hmm. uh, Pat, and I thought I thought Carlos Santana was just unbelievable on a guitar, but I saw Clapton like four days later, and it was like <laughs> there's— he is the God. <laughs> he is the God, but he makes it look too easy. You know. I want to see him reach for something. Yeah,
1: but he's. <laughs> I don't know what he would have to reach
0: yeah, for, though. But he's, what, 74 years old? And yeah. I mean, he has not lost anything. It, it was just amazing to hear him up in Tampa. Uh, so I had, um, we were going to s- go see Imagine Dragons uh, next week. Are you a uh, fan? No, my wife is. Okay. Uh, and then we've got tickets to Coldplay in the summer up in Tampa. I think I'm a big Coldplay Coldplay fan. And uh, and then Eric Clap or uh, Elton John in April. So we're kind of hanging in there for April and summer. See what happens.
1: I got dragged up to Tampa with a friend who was into Imagine Dragons before they were popular. Okay. And uh, afterwards, like, the the band came out, and I actually got to, like, meet the band. Oh, nice. Uh, And then they, of course, were everywhere. Yeah. Um, Peak concert experience from your life. Do you have one that sticks out?
0: Oh, definitely. Grateful Uh, Dead? No. No. (laughs) Uh, Led Zeppelin. Oh, wow. Baltimore on a Friday night, Pittsburgh on a Saturday night. Wow. Yeah. That was...
1: Uh, I'm jealous. Uh, I'm not even a, necessarily a huge Led Zeppelin fan, yeah. but I would love to be able to go back in time. Yeah. Is there an act um, that you wish you could have seen? I guess besides Steely Dan since we were Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I would always love to have seen The Who in their heyday. Uh, maybe with Keith Moon. I'd like to see Sarah Brightman. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. I'm a big fan of hers. Hmm. Um, and there's there's somebody else that's right on my. Well, I would have loved to have seen George Harrison. Hmm. And maybe even I don't know if the. Well, the Traveling Wilburys, I don't think they ever played live, um, but um, the uh, the group with, this is going to sound weird, uh, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, um, Willie Nelson. And um, uh, Chris Christopherson. I would have liked to have seen those guys. Hmm. That would be a fun concert. I got to see uh,
1: Willie Nelson when they came to Hertz Arena. Okay. Like, it was like like two weeks before the pandemic shut everything down. So mm-hmm. it was that last show. And so I got to take my daughter, who was
0: 14 at the time, and see Willie. Uh,
1: it was really special. Yeah. Mm.
0: I saw uh, Billy Joel the fe- in February and just before the
1: pandemic really hit. Uh, what about musical theater? Do you guys go down and see things at Broadway Palm, Barbara B. Mann, things yeah, like
0: that? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, um, one of the absolute best concerts I ever heard was um, uh, Toto at Barbara B. Mann. Hmm. And, you know, uh, oh, Steve, um, the lead guy for Toto, he's like the god of session musicians in L.A., And uh, they just put on—and John Williams wasn't with them, or John Williams' son uh, wasn't with them for that particular concert. But all the—there were about eight of us, and we were like five rows up. And we all looked at each other after that concert and said, what did we just see? (laughs) My God, this is Fort Myers. And we saw an unbelievable concert, just terrific.
1: Were you fans of Toto, or was it just (laughs) like, uh, let's, you know, I mean—
0: yeah, I like their music, um, and I know mo- probably most of it. But uh, but that was just a shock that they were so. And you know, a concert. I've learned this over the years that the crowd has as much to do with the quality of the concert as the musicians. And um, you could tell the guys from Toto because we were right up front, were looking at each other like, "Whoa," <laughs> you know. So they played. And uh, and they were really – it was just a great crowd. They were really into it, and, uh, and the band saw it right away. And so they just gave us our money's worth for sure. Hmm.
1: But, yes, you do go see musical theater? Yeah. Yeah, I do like. Do you have a
0: favorite? <sighs> yes. Well, I've only seen it once, um, uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it seems like you'd probably get access to all kinds of
0: shows around here doing what you do. Well, yeah, but um, we do. But, see, the pandemic has pretty much killed all that for me. Hmm. Yeah, My wife's not a big fan of
1: crowds. So, So the doubly so now. Yeah. Have you ever traveled a long ways to see a show? Well, Uh,
0: we had planned before the pandemic, we were going to the UK to see uh, Pet Shop Boys. That's one thing that that we both have in common, I would say. Hmm. Um, We always liked them. And so we were going to go and I think we were going to Scotland to see them. But, you know, Baltimore on Friday night, Pittsburgh on a Saturday night for Zeppelin, that's –
1: That's traveling. traveling.
0: You ever listen to music while you're driving race cars? No. (laughs) Negatory.
1: Talk a little bit about that, though. That seems like that from from scanning your your online presence. It seems like you drive around in cars sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Is that a hobby?
0: Well, yeah. Does that come out of your your flight background? It has to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The need for speed. Um, Yeah, we have a a, – five years ago we bought a, a BMW M3. And had everything torn out of it and replaced with, you know, race seats and harnesses and roll cage and, you know, coil overs and da-da, 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 da-da. So uh, we get it out um, on the track quite a bit. Uh, well, the pandemic obviously has slowed that down. But we've taken that car to New York and Pennsylvania and um Massachusetts and all over the place. Sounds like a lot of fun. It's really a lot of fun.
1: What did um what did, what were your thoughts on the movie Top Gun when it came out?
0: Well, I was still in the reserves and so uh, I would go up to Jacksonville on uh Fridays and stay at the they call it the bachelor officers quarters then, but now it's called something else. Um and right after Top Gun came out, the officers clubs were just packed with women. <laughs> just <laughs> packed. It was an amazing thing to see. They were all looking for Tom Cruise. And we were the closest thing they had to it. Close enough? <laughs> yeah, close enough. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty amazing. But what about the movie? Like,
1: did the movie like were you guys like, God, this movie? No, or was, was it it was it kind it was, of capture some of the essence? Yeah, it was good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. yeah it was a good
1: movie. I just wonder from a Navy flyer
0: perspective oh, whether it was well, you know, you know, there's there's theatrical license taken Understood. certainly, but uh, by and large, it, you know, it was kind of close. All right. Mm-hmm. Um okay, now it's time for this Grateful Dead song. Your uh, third song's coming up. Yeah. What what are we how do you want to handle this? Well, you know, <clears throat> I have so many Grateful Dead songs that I love so much and I had to pick one and uh, this was it. Sugar Magnolia. Were you a dead head? Did no. You ever,
1: did you ever see him live? No, never seen him live. Did you ever get into the whole, like, collecting all the live bootlegs or anything? Or did you just – that came around when
0: YouTube finally got here? I have a good friend that's uh, a total deadhead. I think he saw uh, The Dead with Jerry Garcia 174 times, I think, and then dead again – or um, – the new group with uh, John Mayer, he's seen them hundred 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 or more times. Why did you ever go see him? I don't know. Is that like not your scene? Yeah. I don't know why. Um, you know, Jerry's been gone for ages, and I was probably, you know, bringing up kids, and, yeah. you know, it was just tough. Um, but my friend sends me links to the shows that he goes to so I can watch them live. Oh, wow. Is, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, what is it about Grateful Dead that you like? They're kind of take-no-prisoners, you know, um, and uh, they—he and Bob Weir could just go back and forth and just make things sound so good, and it seemed effortless to me. Hmm. Um, You know, Garcia could play, and and Bob Weir could play, so—
1: It must have been like early 90s that that Jerry Garcia died. I'm trying to think. Because I remember I was in Seattle uh, for a a work thing and all the people I was with were devastated and I was oblivious. I was just like, oh. There's a band called Grateful Dead. Yeah. Okay, let's listen to this Uh, "Sugar Magnolia" by the Grateful Dead uh, from *American Beauty*. That was released in 1970. If it's that was released in 1970, it's Jeff Cole's third song on this week's episode of Three Song Stories. That's the closest I've ever listened to a Grateful Dead song. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've I've been around it being played, being played by instrumentalists, you know, people playing it, but, you know, through good headphones listening to it. Uh, That's good stuff. That's good stuff, yeah. You can Mm. feel that little country in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Oh, man. Um, What do you... Think about the lyrics. Do they resonate with you, with your life and your world, or is it more just like it's the it's the tapestry of the whole song?
0: Yeah, I think that's more than anything. I do like the lyrics. Um, you know, she can jump like a wheelies and four wheel drive. I just like those analogies that they bring. Uh, those are good. You ever get into fish? No, I never did. You ever try? No. It's
1: it's very um, similar. Yeah, there's a big overlap there. Yeah, I think when the dead stopped being as as um, uh, well, when Jerry died, that's around when Fish came along. Okay. And now there's people that follow Fish still to this day, in the same way that people followed the dead yeah. back in that day. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um. You do karaoke? No.
0: No. Ever? No. Never. Why? Um. Good question. <laughs> I, I have a terrible voice. That's for one. Would you be
1: would you <clears throat> would you be shy to do it? You just uh, just doesn't resonate with you.
0: Yeah, it's just um, I'm not a big joiner. <laughs> you know, I f- I re- I know what you mean. Yeah, uh,
1: is that part of why you, you know being a, a journalist or a, an editor of a newspaper is
0: nice because you kind of get to sit back in the back and, and direct? Yeah, more so. Yeah, I, I'm more that person. Uh, I don't like the limelight. I'm much happier in the background. So it's probably fair to
1: say that we're not going to convince you to sing a TV theme song with us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't want
0: it. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> is
1: there anything? No? No.
0: no. Oh, gosh.
1: Yes, we do want it. No, <laughs> we no. like it very much.
0: <laughs> no, it's... No, not a, trust, a Gilligan's
1: Island. Not trust a...
0: me. Okay, is
1: there... But all we right. won't make it. But are there any that you think you would know all the lyrics to that you could at least just say...
0: You know, that, yes, I know the lyrics to this one. You know, Mike, I wanted to watch the um, Alabama-Georgia game Monday night. Okay. And I couldn't figure out how to get it on my TV. Oh. That's how long it's been since I've watched television. Good for you. Um, I did watch the Super Bowl uh, this last year. And the previous year So that's about the only thing I've watched on television Okay, so
1: do the the theme song for ESPN Just do the No? I don't
0: know if I know that Uh,
1: Well, Tara, you done did it What's an easy one? How about the whistling the Andy Griffith? Oh, I I don't know if I can do that
0: Oh, geez I couldn't even There you go
1: well, wow, Tara can was whistle. That is yeah, really good. good that was actually Jeff. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. Well, I I'm with you though because I haven't had cable or broadcast TV f- since around
0: the t- turn of the millennium. Yeah. So um, I know I I haven't seen a, uh, a television political ad in. Oh probably just before Obama. Isn't it great? I
1: know. And my daughter, we don't have TV in the house, and so yeah. I've got the YouTube where you just pay to get the ads taken away. Mm-hmm. So she's almost 17 years old and has effectively never seen a commercial. Yeah. You know?
0: I, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, that's what I fled from. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily flee from the the, the the show's part, but it's all those commercials that
0: yeah.
1: that are mind-numbing. Oh, I hear ya. If you were a championship wrestler, what music would you come in on?
0: No. Cliche, we are the champions. <laughs> okay. Um but uh the Motor City Five did a song called Kick Out the Jams, Mother Bleepers. Um, that's what I'd come out as. Okay.
1: What would your championship wrestler name be? Oh, Mondo. Mondo? That yeah. was you went right for that. Yeah. <laughs> if you were a cocktail or a drink of some kind that was essentially a distilled Jeff Cole, what would it be? Something unique, not – Yeah. Oh, OK. Well, I mean it can be based on something that's known. OK. But, you know, make it
0: your own. Yeah. I'd, I'd say uh, Rye Old Fashioned with a Splash of Maple Syrup. Oh, with a splash of maple syrup. What would it be called?
1: No, mm. uh, the, the Don't Lie to Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had to guess, what song would you think you've
0: listened to the most times in your life? Oh, boy. Um, you know, my wife would be able to tell you that before I could. Because um, <laughs> she's listened to it that many times, yes. too. <laughs> and she would remember it. <laughs> I've, I've listened to so many songs so many times. Um, uh Uncle John's
1: Band by Grateful Dead. All right. Um, what about albums? Is our Do you listen to albums? It Sounds like you're piecemeal, yeah, but
0: um, absolutely. Ajah from uh, Steely Dan. Um, Asia, I guess. Um, American Beauty. Um, Child is father to the man. Obviously. Um, you yeah, that's about it. Because. I don't really buy – I guess I do buy some albums, but I normally just buy individual songs. Um, If you could go back and hear a song or an
1: album for the first time again, what would it be? Like you can erase
0: your knowledge of it so you Mm. can experience it for the first time. Oh, boy. It's got to be Zeppelin. Which one? Oh, um – Names, escapes me. What's, oh, uh, Stairway to Heaven.
1: So, Stairway to Heaven, the song. Absolutely. And then that's on Led Zeppelin 4, I think, isn't it? So, Mm -hmm.
0: um, uh, is there any songs or music that you avoid listening to? Not really. Um, I like certain countries. I like Waylon Jennings. You know, I like Willie Nelson. I like Johnny Cash. Um, um, You know, I, I pretty much go across the spectrum. Some rap I
1: like, some I don't. Um, Any songs you'll turn off because you don't want to hear it for like a memory reason or an association reason?
0: No, I don't think so. Not that
1: I can think of. I probably do, but I can't really think of one. If you uh, had the opportunity to broadcast a song into the head of every human simultaneously, which would you choose? Stairway to Heaven. Albums you have to listen to all the way through?
0: Aja, um, Child is Father to the Man, totally. Um, those two.
1: Um, what album would you choose if you could only listen to that one album ever again? Child Father to the Man, for sure. What would your 14 year old self think of who you are today? He'd probably say. Hey, you need to lose some weight, guy. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get that pole vault back there, out. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay.
0: Well, now it is time for you to recommend your three people. Oh, okay. Um, well, I definitely have to uh, recommend my buddy Chuck Knox. Okay. Um, Who's Chuck Knox? He's a, a CPA in town, uh, partner in a big firm. Uh, we ride bikes pretty much every other day, and uh, he's a really good with music, and he's played a lot, and he's got some favorites, um, and knows some, some big-time musicians. Okay. He would be awesome. Okay. That's number one. Um, I'd say Amy Ginsburg. She's okay. the, uh, I know exa- Amy. Okay. She's the executive director of the uh, Southwest Florida Symphony, vast musical knowledge, very vast. She would be great. Um, Let's see, who's the third one? Trying to think of someone with some musical. Oh, uh, my brother-in-law, Bill Rogers. Oh, do you know Bill? I know Bill. Okay, I like Bill. Yes, <laughs> he's been recommended. I think once before. Do okay. you think he'd
1: do it? I think he would. Okay, I was on the fence in my head as to whether he would do it. I but think I, I could shame to... him
0: into it. Okay. Yeah, I think all three of them would be terrific.
1: Okay. Well, uh, put this into their hands or ears, okay. and then uh, we will reach out to them and especially Bill. I want to get him in here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well,
0: that's pretty much it. You got any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? No, this is great uh, great fun, Mike. You're, um, you really know what you're doing here.
1: <laughs> well, I try.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay.
1: Wow. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and host. Chris Duff is his executive producer. Our theme song was made by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're jumping back one year to episode 151 with Jarrett Eady. Jared is chairman of the City of Fort Myers Community Redevelopment Agency Advisory Board. He serves on WGCU's content committee. He's the past chair of the Lee County Black History Society Board of Directors, and he's past president of the National Panhellenic Council of Southwest Florida. His second song story brought him back to afternoons at the Union Food Court during his freshman year at Florida State University and the close connection he had with his new friends and the camaraderie they shared as they experienced their new lives away from home together.
0: Chick-fil-A, Burger King Pizza Hut, so we nicknamed it Chick Burger Hut. So <laughs> we would stop the Chick Burger Hut between 3.30 to 5 to watch what was on television at that time. So to see that environment, whenever I think of people standing around and, and that real sense of hope and optimism, you know, we're coming from wherever we are. We've made these connections with friends. We might have been kids in school who felt like that we didn't you know, have other kids who like the things that we like, but now to have these group of kids where everybody's kind of like me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it was very different from my exposure here in Fort Myers. You know, those weren't things that were commonplace mm-hmm. to have that in kids in our age group. So I think uh, Outkast, So Fresh, So Clean, that's definitely one. And there are a few others, but that one definitely always resonates me when I hear it.
1: You hear it. You think about being I think back about there Florida State at the, University, at the, at the I can burger, smell the chick, chick Burger Hut. Chick Burger Hut. Chick Burger chick <laughs> Hut. Chick burger hut. <laughs> Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. I'm walking through this uh, greenhouse at this mansion, and there's this fellow reading a newspaper, and he puts the newspaper down. He goes, excuse me, and it was Patrick Stewart.